please put down that copy of George W. Bush's autobiography. We need your attention. Thank you. Nostrum, the high school debate soap opera, where deontology is more than just an idea, it's a rebuttal, by Jules O'Shaughnessy and the Nostromite, narrated by Jim Menick, Series 2, Episode 31, Q&A. Most of the interviews Botch and Wednesday conducted at the Pupperoni were much the same as this one. What can you tell us about Mr. Lopat? Geronimo Botch asked. He and Joe Wednesday were sitting across the table from their interviewee. Behind them, a steady stream of customers ordered various coffee concoctions, while all around them students who seemed to be sewn to their seats surfed the internet and nursed the drinks they had purchased years ago. Tarnish Jutmal was the interviewee of the moment. He was a debate coach, and a good one. He had been at Manhattan Lodestone for a long time, as long as I could remember. No other school? Chutmal shook his head. Manhattan Lodestone from day one. He sipped from his cup of Earl Grey tea. Plain, old, hot Earl Grey tea. Starbucks was wasted on people like Tarnish Chutmal. His students liked him? Wednesday asked. Chutmal paused. Like may not be the right word. They respected him, though. He was tough on him, I'm guessing. A little, but it paid off in the end. As a group, they were very successful. Was he tougher on any ones in particular that you can remember? Jamal smiled. Mr. Lopat was equal opportunity tough. Gruff would be a better word, actually. I don't think the kids ever warmed up to him, if you know what I mean. They kept their distance. What about the other adults? Botch asked. The other coaches, I mean. Did they get along with him? We worked together, worked in a lot of tab rooms together, running things behind the scenes, that sort of thing. There were never any issues. You were friends then? Chutmal paused for another sip of tea. I wouldn't say that, exactly. You weren't friends. I don't think Mr. Pat was really friends with anybody, to tell you the truth, at least not in the debate universe. I guess you could say he kept to himself. Didn't pal around with the other coaches then? He definitely didn't pal around. He was not a pal-arounder. Is there a lot of palling around among debate coaches? A little bit. I mean, we've all got our friends, and we enjoy one another's company, and maybe get together for a drink or something after a long day, and the kids are tucked away. A lot of heavy drinking, Wednesday asked. Chutmal gave him a searing look. Hardly, Sergeant. We do have students under our care even when they're asleep. A nightcap, perhaps, but never a drunken orgy. We talk shop, compare notes, relax a little. That's about it. But not Mr. Lopat. Not that I could ever recall. What about enemies? Mr. Lopat's enemies, I mean. I gather he had a few. He had rivalries. I wouldn't call them enemies. Wednesday looked at his notebook. I understand he once got into a physical altercation with a nun, a Sister Levi Al Chaim. That was a long time ago, Sergeant. And he wasn't exactly palsy with Alita Devins from Brooklyn Behemoth? No, I guess he wasn't, but Sister Al died long before Mr. Lopat was murdered. 
and if I'm not mistaken, the leader was already retired when he died, or close to it. A little old to be roaming the streets of Greenwich Village wielding a samurai sword. Even if there was terminal animosity, neither of these women were in a position to act on it. Maybe there were others? Chama shook his head. Everyone knew about those two rivalries. They were common gossip fodder among the coaches, to put it bluntly. But there were no others, or at least no others that I'm aware of. You got along with them, then. You didn't have a terminal animosity. As I said, we worked together often. We got along perfectly fine. I hardly wanted to kill him, Sergeant. I miss him, to tell you the truth. He ran a good tap room. That's saying a lot about a person in this activity. Well, Botch said, nodding. We thank you for your time, Mr. Jutmal. You have our numbers if you think of anything else. I do, Jutmal replied. To be honest with you, I can't imagine any of Mr. Lopak's colleagues having anything to do with his death. Or his students. Whoever it was, was either a random thing or someone not in his main debate life, at least as we saw it. There are other parts of his debate life less main. Jutmal shrugged. He traveled extensively through the year. He was a judge of kids from other schools. He worked behind the scenes at various tournaments. He was a busy man, detective. I knew him the way I knew him. How others knew him is something else altogether. Chutmal stood up. Thank you for the tea, gentlemen. I'll be getting back to work now. And with that, Chutmal exited the coffee shop, making his crab-like walk through the crowd and heading back to the chapel of the wholly unwarranted assumption. And his interview was much like all the others. One interview, however, was different. They met in the penthouse suite of the day's Ramalama Akanakot Express Inn. Hailfoil Cumcut's man, Mahat McCain Jeeves, served tea and biscuits to the two detectives and his employer, then retired to the kitchen during the questioning. I didn't know they had a suite like this at the Akanakot, Wednesday said, looking around and taking in the antique furniture. The art on the wall, including two hoppers, three warhols, and a Rauschenberg, and the waterfall fountain bordered by wall-to-ceiling windows giving a view of the best beautiful pup city had to offer, such as it was. Hailfoil Kumkut shrugged. Pretty good on a teacher's salary, Wednesday continued. It would be, Sergeant, if all I had was a teacher's salary, he smiled. Few people encountering Kumkut for the first time expected the scion of a mining fortune. So I guess Manhattan Lodestone is not exactly pay dirt for you? Eh, my family owns gold mines, Sergeant. We have a totally different idea of pay dirt. So how did you get into teaching then, Mr. Kumquat? Botch asked him. Come cut, Hailfoil corrected him. He sat back on the couch where he was facing the two policemen seated on matching leather upholstered wing chairs. I was a debater in high school, detective. I caught the bug then, and then I followed it through. Where was that? Wednesday asked. The Pierre, South Dakota, High School, Okaboja Annex. Not exactly world famous. There were only three of us at the school at the time, you know, and the other two were twins. But they had a debate team. Well, we didn't have enough people to field a football team, did we now? He laughed at his own joke. My fellow students, the twiny twins, comprised the tennis team. I comprised the debate team. That was it. Did you get much competition in South Dakota? That was not a hotbed of forensics, no, but I traveled a little bit to Minnesota and Chicago a couple of times. I wasn't the world's greatest debater by any means, but I did see some great debaters. I fell in love with the activity. What can I say? Did you debate in college? I homeschooled myself through college. Oh. Wednesday wrote something in his notepad. 
You started working at Manhattan Lodestone directly after uh, graduating homeschool college. Geronimo Botch asked. It wasn't long after yes. I looked around, got some advice, went on some interviews, and ended up at Lodestone. Simple as that. You like it there. Oh, it's a great school. Everyone, who's anyone graduated from there? Kumkut narrowed his eyes. If I'm not mistaken, you graduated from there, Detective. Botch stared at him. How did you know that? I'm an archivist, Detective. I know everyone who ever went to Manhattan Lodestone. It's just the way I am. I'm like a Canadian. You know how they always know who all the other Canadians are, especially when they move to the States and pretend to be Americans? He made little quotation marks with his fingers. I'm like that with Lodestoners. Very impressive. Hailfoyle tipped his head in acknowledgement of the praise. You didn't know Mr. Lopat then when you started at Lodestone, Wednesday said. Hailfoyle shook his head. He'd been dead a couple of years by then, so you never met the man. Hailfoyle was silent. Mr. Kumquat, Wednesday prodded. Come cut. Hailfoyle straightened in his chair. I didn't meet him once when I was a high school student. Where was that? At the Nat Nat tournament in Juarez. Juarez, Mexico? The same. The Nat Nat organization usually holds their finals in the U.S., but the combination of cheap dentistry, quickie divorces, and do-it-yourself bullfighting proved to be too big an attraction to them that year. So they held the finals in Juarez. Very good food, I'll say that. And not far from El Paso, if for some reason you happen to be in El Paso. I wouldn't think cheap dentistry, quickie divorces, and do-it-yourself bullfighting would be that big an attraction to debate coaches, Botch said. Well, then you don't know much about debate coaches, Detective. You say you met Mr. Lopat down there, Wednesday asked. I wouldn't say met exactly. He judged me in a round. Oh, and how did that go? Hailfoyle gave a wry smile. I lost. That's too bad, Wednesday said. Oh, not really. Debaters lose a lot of rounds. That was just one of them. Hardly memorable for that. But you did remember it. Oh, I'm an archivist, Sergeant. I remember everything I want to remember. You weren't so upset at losing that you decided to kill him after the round, Wednesday asked. Hailfoyle laughed. I was back home in North Dakota immediately after the tournament, Sergeant. I'm sure there are plain records somewhere to prove it. He was killed in New York not long after the tournament, right? Wednesday nodded. It's very archival of you to know that. Well, you just judged me a few days earlier, and then I heard on the grapevine that someone had killed him, you know. You don't have to be an archivist to find that memorable. More tea, sir? Mahatma asked, suddenly standing by the side of the coach, proffering the teapot. Oh, yes, thank you, Mahatma. He turned to the police. Gentlemen, more tea. The two policemen exchanged glances. We'll be going now, Mr. Kumquat, Wednesday said. Come cut, Hailfoyle and Mahatma said in unison. Come cut, Wednesday corrected himself. Thank you for your time. No problem, gentlemen, if you want anything more, do you just ask? And if you think of something that might be useful, Botch responded, You have our numbers. I do indeed. Everyone stood, and Mahatma led the policeman to the door. Does it ever turn into a drunken orgy when the debate coaches are palling around? Would Mr. Lopat have recognized a drunken orgy if he saw one? Was Hailfoyle Cumcut the last person to see Mr. Lopat alive, aside from all the other people who saw him after that? Are those North Koreans a bunch of wacky guys, or what? Who wants to have the next dance with Bristol Palin? The answers to 3.7 of these questions will be merely hinted at in our next episode, 
my parents went to WikiLeaks and all I got was this lousy t-shirt, or wouldn't you much rather see Bill Clinton in the next Harry and Kumar movie? <laughs>